backing it up real quick, JT Daniels getting deals for signing autographs, he's not even playing this year, you know? <laughs> like, he, he was possibly going to be the starter, and then Stetson Bennett steps up, and he's doing a heck of a job there. But, like, man, talk about being, mm-hmm. you know, running you know, second string and making money. Good for him. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> Welcome to Name Image Likeness, the podcast dedicated to covering the NIL world. I'm Wheeler. And I'm Chrissy. We serve on the NIL compliance team at VictoryFi. VictoryFi provides a platform that allows student athletes to learn how to take advantage of NIL opportunities, manage the money they earn, and build wealth, all while maintaining compliance with state standards. And since we're coming off a huge rivalry game yes. weekend, an unfortunate <laughs> one, um, yeah, I, don't, I honestly just want to kind of block it all out. Not too happy with it, but um, we have a few conflicts we'd like to talk about that have recently arisen. Um, these are between the media, dun-dun-dun, bum-bum, <laughs> and collegiate athletic programs. Namely, today we're going to be talking about LSU and University of Georgia. So we're going to call this episode Law & Order NIL. Bum-bum. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Um, the first situation we want to talk about involves LSU and Gray Media, which Gray Media is actually the parent company of a local Baton Rouge Baton Rouge TV station, WAFB, Louisiana's news channel. Down in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Uh, this TV station wanted access to copies of LSU's athletes' NIL agreements. Um, when LSU wouldn't provide these records when they were requested back in September, Gray Media sued. And so we have a copy of the petition. We went over it. It was filed by Gray Media. Um, and it it's pretty interesting, so we're going to kind of talk about it. This is some... You know, I don't know, as the NIL world is unfolding, we're going to have some more of these lawsuits, Wheeler. So it's kind of interesting to follow along. Um, I guess before we get into it, just kind of a little, you want a little backstory, Wheeler? Sure. Yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) So just as a reminder, in June of this year, we talk about this pretty much every episode, but just setting the story just in case this is someone's very first time listening. But as of June... The U.S. Supreme Court's ruling in the NCAA v. Alston caused the NCAA to quickly adjust its policies to allow student-athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. So again, super new. All this is so new. Um, in Louisiana, before that actually that ruling was actually, um, you know, happened, mm-hmm. seeing what was going to happen before this final ruling, Senator Connick proposed Senate Bill 60, which is now Act 479, and this allowed student athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness and required them to disclose contracts to their schools for review and approval. So that was kind of their state legislation. This is pretty standard, right? This is what we've seen for most states. Once it was passed, kind of everybody's doing something similar. That sounds pretty normal. Exactly. And this was passed in Louisiana on June 7th. Um, And to, you know, just to add a little context. So Wheeler, since we have our little backstory, do you want to kind of go over what the petition said since we love legal documents. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it so you don't have to. Um, so technically, the petition states that Gray Media Group Incorporated, doing business as WAFB, filed the petition against William F. Tate IV as president and custodian of records of Louisiana State University after requesting NIL information from LSU and not receiving access. So kind of like we talked about, they want information 
we provide NIL information, but they want it directly from the school, and we only get it from the public records as well. Um, Rob Hayes, the news director for the station, so for WAFB, made the initial public records request. Gray Media owned six television stations in Louisiana that wanted access to the student-athlete records. So on July 21st, Rob Hayes made a request for all of LSU's student-athletes' NIL agreements as of July 20th, 2021. So that was, you know, kind of just the beginning of it. They'd only not even, this hadn't even been in effect really for very long, but um, he just wanted to see what was going on at that time. Yeah, I wonder if they were just trying to get ahead of it and they figured if they were going to ever get the access, they're going to have to get it at the very I beginning. I mean, it's interesting. I, it, it is so interesting. Yeah. We love following stories, but we only get to see, you know, what the schools are, are publishing. So yeah. um, it, it's very interesting. <laughs> we, we don't have quite the insider <laughs> pool, but we do have a great uh, ability to scan Twitter. <laughs> And whatnot. But moving forward, on July 29th, LSU responded with a. Hell no! To the no, no, no! Hell no! To the no, no, no! Sorry, I was waiting all week for that. Um, yeah, they responded with an absolute, positively, no way. Um, LSU held that their NIL contracts were part of a student athlete's record and are personal to that student. This did not sit well with Gray Media, who wanted that information, and its subsidiary TV stations. Gray Media maintained that student-athletes benefiting from NIL opportunities from large flagship schools, such as LSU, are great public interest. They wanted to know which student-athletes have been granted permission to use LSU trademarks and colors, and also which contracts the school has approved and which ones the school has not allowed. I think the not, the disapproved is so interesting. And, you know, we see that with with our, you know, Victorify has contract disclosure within our compliance platform. And um, so, so we do get to interact with the schools, with the compliance department and the student athletes. Mm-hmm. And seeing the reasoning behind, and again, we wouldn't share that with anyone, but um, seeing the reasoning behind why a contract is approved or disapproved is very interesting. And that might not be something that if it was disapproved, that the school or the company or the athlete would want the public knowing, you yeah. know, that that's, that, especially the disapproval is, is interesting to me. That's super interesting. But like, you know, I get why you want to do it. I mean, if I was a local news station, if I, Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> besides LSU, I mean, what major, you know, if you're if a huge athletic program like them, who are they pulling from? You know, they have the whole state. They have a lot of influence. You have the raging Cajuns down there. You have some other great programs as well. But I mean, LSU has a, a, a huge influence over the state of Louisiana sports. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, I think it would draw a lot of good attention, you know? I mean, you want to get your people on there, news, uh, your viewers want to watch some some NIL deals, and, you know, you put a commercial on afterwards. So, it's I get the draw. It's super interesting. I understand why they'd like to do it. Um, Chris, you want to carry on? Oh, sure. So, um, Louisiana law. So, again, this is just – this right, the one we're talking about right now is a fight in Louisiana. So, Louisiana law says that no one can be denied the right to review public documents – Um, So they're trying to say that these are public documents. So gray media is saying these are public documents. We should see this is in the public's interest. Um, But LSU was contending that NIL records are actually considered private information 
like student grades, and they're protected by the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, or FERPA. FERPA. <laughs> FERPA. <laughs> um, FERPA protects education records like classes taken or grades, like I mentioned. Um, so that's kind of where this is coming from. So, you know, these media outlets are saying this is in the public interest. Everyone should know you are a, you know, LSU, there's all this money swirling around. Everyone should know where it's coming from, where it's going. And the school is saying, no, this is actually part of like the student's private records. Um, so kind of th- that is so, I don't know, fascinating. We'll see where this yeah. goes. I guess we'll find out what happened what now. You, what are you leaning towards right now? Which side? Well, you know, I'm nosy, so. <laughs> okay, what do you want? Not not what, you, what do you want to see, but like, what do you think? Tell me your thoughts. Well, I mean, kind of as we'll learn based on what happened, I don't know. And also we'll talk about this as well, but it seems like people are leaning more towards these are protected. You know, this is, we should protect the student athletes. Again, that's, that's why there are all these debates and all of these, um, conferences and meetings held to discuss this because really all of this legislation is about protecting the student athlete and promoting them and giving them the most opportunities for entrepreneurship possible, but also making sure they're not taking advantage of and maybe letting all their records be public is not advantageous to the student athlete. So I, I think we're leaning in the, we're leaning towards being more conservative and protecting the student athletes. So that's kind of what I'm seeing this trending towards in my opinion. What do you think? Well, I think you're, yeah, absolutely correct. And I agree that they should be private. I mean, it should be up to the compliance group of the school to mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, that the students are protected, you know, contract contractually, or like they're not getting into business with someone that, you know, may not be good for mm-hmm. the student athlete, mm-hmm. their brand, reputation moving forward, you know, but you shouldn't see what they're doing. I mean, I don't go into the WAFB's records and look at their stuff and their deals and how much money they're making and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so like, no, stay out. Get out of the business. <laughs> so, yeah, this petition filed from Gray Media filed in October stated that LSU should share disclosed inf- contract information because these records are not part of a student athlete's private personal record. Again, I know we were just rehashing. It said that these are actually business records. It's what they're proposing. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, the petition added that the Senate Bill 60, um, at that time 60, did not include a public records exemption. So they're trying to kind of tackle this this quick to pass legislation that wasn't even really finalized yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, after considering everything, a judge did rule against gray media and LSU was able to keep it, you know, keep its records out of the public eye. Um, But Mm -hmm. so the next thing we're going to talk about. So next up. So, you know, that was kind of quashed for right now. Um, The, Athens Banner Herald, which is a newspaper, um, wants to kind of take a crack at this now. So this is ongoing. Um, They would like the NL contract records from the University of Georgia. Um, Georgia players have been able to take advantage of NIL opportunities. Um, And if you follow our social media, you've probably seen some things. We've mentioned this, but just to kind of name a few fun things. Again, we're in Savannah, Georgia. So we, Wheeler and I did not go to the University of Georgia, but because we're in Georgia, we like to follow along. Um, you know, the qu- quarterback, JT Daniels, who has a deal with sports collectibles, where he works with a company to provide autographed things like pictures and jerseys. Like, that's really awesome. Running back James Cook and cornerback uh, Kelly Ringo had NIL deals from Bojangles which it's bow time. We've talked about several of those. (laughs) Uh, um, But again, you know, if you are interested in following some of these fun things, and again, we also cover LSU, um, you could follow our Instagram 
name image likeness podcast and we post um different nil deals that we find every day if you want to keep up with that um but that's just some of the things that georgia has been able to take advantage of that have been published put out in the public but now the athens banner herald really wants like details like money details timing how these are disclosed more than just hey it's really cool this guy's now representing bojangles they're wanting like the nitty-gritty yeah which is what we're thinking about protecting Backing it up real quick, JT Daniels is getting deals for signing autographs. He's not even playing this year, you know? <laughs> like, he, he was possibly going to be the starter, and then Stetson Bennett steps up, and he's doing a heck of a job there. But, like, man, talk about being, mm-hmm. you know, running you know, second string and making money. Like, good for him. <laughs> what a life. Um, so, the Banner Herald, talking about, you know, the media in uh, Athens, wants access to information about the financial terms of pub- public deals. And how the deals were arranged. So the newspaper is making very similar claims and is complaining against Georgia, as we saw in the LSU case. Um, the Banner Herald also man- maintains that FERPA does not apply. FERPA. FERPA. <laughs> <laughs> that that FERPA, FERPA does not apply. And this time the newspaper is citing state law. David Hudson, an attorney for the newspaper, cited a state Supreme Court ruling from 1988 that says FERPA is only written to protect records, and I quote, Relate. Oh, actually, it's in quotes. <laughs> I, don't, I do not quote, but I'm saying it. It's in quotations in my notes. Relating to individual student academic performance, financial aid, or scholastic probation. So Georgia responded that the records do fall under FERPA's privacy shield because FERPA. they <laughs> because they include information about individual students, and they are maintained by educational institutions. Georgia gets 30 days to respond to complaint to the complaint after filing and 45 days to respond to the discovery request made by the newspaper. The complaint was filed in mid-November and bum bum. <laughs> it's still ongoing. <laughs> so what I think is interesting, and of course Georgia would do this, um, but in 2016, Georgia passed a law called Kirby's Law, you know, for a head coach, Kirby Smart, which allows state-run athletic departments up to 90 days to even acknowledge receipt of a public records request um, that was done to kind of protect recruitment and things like that. Um, And I just think that's interesting. And so, Georgia. So, Georgia. (laughs) Wait, who learned it? From Alabama. <laughs> but so there has been some talk about making records public by a few ruling bodies. So I guess kind of moving away from these individual lawsuits, um, but the Uniform Law Commission, which is a nonprofit that tries to provide states with legislation to bring clarity for critical legislation. It's just how it helps states make things more uniform, basically. Mm-hmm. Um they considered ruling on this. So the ULC decided not to include language about NIL deals remaining private because it was thought that maybe in the future their disclosure could be could be helpful, potentially. It's just, this is so unknown. And like we were saying, you know, it seems like we're, we're erring towards protecting student athletes and the less information, like nitty gritty financial and disclosure information we can release the better. Obviously, yeah. you will know about their deals because you're going to see it on a commercial or you're going to see something like that. But but the actual like content of their contracts and things like that. Um, or even in general, just protecting personal mm-hmm. privacy. Like Regardless if you're a student athlete, that's mm-hmm. the whole point of this. We're treating you as a normal student. Like No other student is required at that school, LSU or Georgia, 
to disclose what their contracts are if they get in one. Mm-hmm. So why is a student-athlete different? They just want it. I get it. I get why they'd want the information. It's really juicy. It's really good. <laughs> and it's going to bring a lot of viewers um, to their papers and their, their t- television products. So um, I don't know. I get it. What do you So Yeah, that's just wild. Um, I guess a few just in contrast. So – Nevada and Nevada, like the Nevada Wolfpack, and then also New Mexico State, they have shared their NIL agreement information, but did redact student athlete names. But I mean, if you know about the deals, you know who you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, I don't know what that's. Someone shows up in a shiny they have new shared car. In the past. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, gonna- I mean, I don't know. It, it's interesting. We'll see what shakes out, but we wanted to highlight this today. We just, that has really captured our attention lately. We've been following along. Um, Again, we, I was making fun earlier, but we do actually like reading those petitions. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, but anyway, yeah. Well, you know, uh, we just got had a fantastic turkey day. And um, jumping off this Thanksgiving holiday, we have some, holiday, we have some nillies we want to go Yes. Over. Wheeler, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I wanted to bring up a nilly that is, uh, you know, positive. University of Michigan running back Blake Corum used some of his NIL earnings to partner with CLR Academy in Michigan and community partners like Milk Means More, Washtenaw County, My Brother's Keeper, and AFC Ann Arbor to provide turkeys and other Thanksgiving fixings to families in need. Um, Corum has had success partnering with Outback Steakhouse. Really great, really cool, positive to the community. Let's I love get, that. Yeah, like just share the love, bring the food. Just get the families together and just have a good time. That's such a great move by him. I like that you chose to say fixings <laughs> because I'm from East Tennessee and I would call it fixings. <laughs> well, you know, our, our we are have a, a wide variety of listeners from all across the country, and I'm trying not to sound Some that way. But them fixings are pretty good too. <laughs> um, okay, so my favorite. And you might have seen this on our social media, again, at Name Image Likeness Podcast, is Joshua Pascal from the University of Kentucky. I have watched this commercial a thousand times. <laughs> um, he partnered with Steckler Pediatric, Pediatric Dentistry, and he created what I think is the funniest commercial we've seen so far. He plays the Defender of Decay, and he spends about two minutes just scaring the pants off children into brushing their teeth, not eating junk food. It It is so funny. It's so creative. Um, I know they also partnered with um, a creative company to help this the dental practice and Pascal kind of come up with all this. And it, oh man, it is, it is great. I love it. Again, it's also positive and funny. It's great seeing a local company partner with a school. So they're in Lexington yep. as well. It's great. You know, a lot of cool things are coming out of Kentucky. They're really embracing NIL, and their com- their communities get behind it. It's really cool. Um, that that commercial just reminds me so much of the old Sports Center ads that I used to love when ESPN was showing you know highlights most of the time instead of you know people up there talking heads doing their thing. But they were like you know people in the office would be walking through and um, yes. you know, like you had the mascots in there. People would be tackling people at the coffee machine and stuff. Like this one with the the tooth the, the tooth decay defender of decay. Um, it just it just brought back really good memories, and I hope we get to see more really cool you know NIL opportunities like this moving forward. It's so fun. It really it really is. It's that is what it should be about. It's these student athletes putting themselves out there, really helping local businesses 
It's just, I love it. I love everything. And getting paid for it. It's awesome. Um, Well, good. Chrissy, let's wrap it up. You down? I'm down. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can follow us on Instagram at Name Image Likeness Podcast or on Twitter at Victory51. For all of your compliance and AD subscribers out there, if you'd like to speak to our team about Victory5's NIL platform, you can email us at contact at victoryfy.com. That's C-O-N-T-A-C-T at victoryfy, V-I-C-T-R-E-E-F-I.com. That's great. Thank you so much. And I did write that out in your notes, but I really just meant for you to spell it Victoryfy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, contact could be spelled with a K. I don't know. Y'all know contact. Oh, well, thank y'all so much. This was great. This Shoot was us an so email. Fun. Yeah. Um, and we'd love to hear from anyone or if you have requests. Uh, you will hear more from other uh, coaches, compliance staff, players coming up. And we, But we enjoyed speaking to you ourselves today. So this is great. Thanks for take, sticking with us. And uh, we hope to see you soon. Take care. Name Image Likeness is part of the Palm Tree Podco Network of Podcasts. The show is produced and edited by Anthony Palmer. Thanks to the team at Victory 5 for creating the content for this week's episode. 